just before we sang that the last time uh, Tish came up and said that uh, you know our part is to respond it's not just to say wow that's good but our our part is to respond and say Jesus I've received that and many times that response is an act of faith where you step out and you do something it's not you know that you have to lay in the floor and cry or anything like that it's just an as an act of your will you say Jesus I receive that I take that as my own that's not just a good word for someone that was a word for me does that make sense you know this this isn't a spectator sport (laughs) it's it's not it's not that we're here to watch and go about our way and uh it's here to partake. He said, I, I am the bread of life. <laughs> wow. He is the bread of life. That we can partake of him. Ah. Uh, Jesus. Ah, get it together. <clears throat> I uh, a couple of passages, and I, I, you know, as we were singing, I don't even remember what song it was. I'm good like that. I think it was the second one. I can't remember. But we we were singing the names of God. You know, we were saying He is uh, Prince of Peace. Mighty God. What was that song about? She doesn't know either. Thank you, Jesus. I feel better. (laughs) But anyway, Emmanuel, God with us. And, you know, we think of those scriptures at this time of year because it is Christmas. But I I just, uh, that's the, Isaiah, we'll just start there. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Because I was just meditating on this this week and, uh, in Galatians chapter 4, I was just pondering these. I'm, I'm normally not really good with themed services to where, you know, at Easter we do an Easter service, at Christmas we do a Christmas service. But, you know, every service should be a Christmas service. It's about Jesus, right? But this one... <clears throat> I was going to start with Galatians, but we'll go back to Galatians in a moment because I believe this one lays the foundation for Galatians chapter 4. Verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Ha. Thank you, Father. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. 
<laughs> wow, there's just so much here. Um, just looking, and, and I'm not going to, but <clears throat> just looking at those names ascribed to him in verse 6. He is wonderful. He's wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So even as I shared uh, earlier, if there's a, that lack in you of an understanding of just how much the Father loves, He wants you to know that He is Prince of Peace, that today He offers you a love that this world cannot touch. <laughs> It can't comprehend. That's why he said you must be born again because until you're born again, you really can't comprehend what love really is. I'm not talking about love and emotion. I'm talking about love, a sacrifice that says, I lay my life down for you. A love that gives, as John 3 says, a love that's giving. And in his giving, he's fulfilled. Especially, man, this time of year. What, what if, just dream with me. This, maybe this is you, and I, I praise the Lord if it is. But of a time when we, like him, take our joy in giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive, right? That's what the word says. The purpose of that is that we're in that position that we're able to give, we're able to bless, but... That, that that becomes the theme of our lives, that our lives is not to get, but to give. To steward what's been placed on the inside of us in every area of our life as sons in the kingdom. That what we live for are not just to give, and, and please hear me, it's not just to give a thing away, whether it be your time or your money or your resources, but to live from that place that the Father that he so loved that he gave, that we're so full of the love of God, as I was saying last week, that we can give it out without recompense, without receiving it back, without that expectation or that need. It doesn't mean that we don't need to be loved, but that we could be in that place. I'm telling you, there, you can be in that place. I'm growing into it. I, I haven't arrived, but thank God. I forget what's behind and pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus and I believe that that, <clears throat> that that high calling is an understanding of his love and destiny over my life. But here, he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. As I was studying this, I, I, I don't set out to be controversial with fundamental theology. Okay, if, if you want me to break that down. I don't try to just go against the grain with everybody else, <laughs> is what I'm saying. In this passage of Scripture, the majority of the, uh, of the commentaries that I read all put Isaiah chapter 7, I mean chapter 9, verses 7 through, uh, chapter, verse 7, into the uh, millennial reign of Christ. And I just beg to differ. <laughs> I believe that it, it will be, but it is. 
I believe the kingdom's coming, but the kingdom's here. How do you say that? Luke 17 says this, verse 21. Now will they say, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. See, this baby coming, it changed everything. A baby changes everything. You know, that's a, that's a profoundly simple yet true statement. Not just the baby Jesus, but a baby changes everything. In your life, right? A baby in your life changes priorities. Huh? It changes uh, even aspirations. Come on, don't shout me down. Because when that baby is conceived and that baby begins to grow and that baby comes forth, many, many times it, it brings such shift in us that we go, man, I didn't even know that was in there. I thank God for the Holy Spirit in parenting. He can cover a multitude of mistakes, I'm just saying. My daughter's proof of it. She's an amazing young lady, and it's because of the goodness of the Lord. It's not because... We, and see, that's what's so cool. He never called us to be perfect in parenting. He just called us to love. And that in that love, that that love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sin. It covers a multitude of mistakes. And when we embrace that love in every area of our lives, it will do just that. It will affect those areas of life. So, verse 7 says this, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform it so he said this of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end that cannot be now because of what we see that's if you're looking as they were looking you know why they missed it you know why the pharisees missed it because they were looking for the physical reign of christ on the earth when he came thank you tish that's what they were looking for. And they missed it because they, they didn't see that what he was establishing was a new covenant. That it would not be God afar, it would be God within. It wouldn't be Holy Spirit upon for a, for a job or an office. It would be Holy Spirit within because we're sons. We're children of God. That baby changed everything. God was establishing his kingdom. And that's what it says. This is Jesus speaking in Luke 17, 21. I just read. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So that's how I can say that his kingdom, is. It, once it began, when Jesus gave his life for ours, when that kingdom began, when he resurrected from the dead, from that, for, that point, forevermore, his government and his peace will increase. it may not increase in the secular world, but it can increase in us, which will affect the world in which we live. I believe that this passage of Scripture deals with now and what is to come. I believe that, yes, there, there definitely will be a physical reign of Jesus on the earth. He'll take David's throne. But I also believe that he said throughout his teaching that he was bringing the kingdom with him and that that kingdom would remain. Why is that important? Why are you 
talking about his kingdom right here because if we understand that what he brought, he left in us, then it'll affect how we live every day of our lives. Not just Christmas, it'll not just be that time that we're conscious of a baby being born, but every day we can live with the consciousness that Christ in me, the hope of glory, the confident expectation of the manifestation of the presence of the living God. That's a good word. Because I'm not living for a destination. I'm not living for a return. I'm living from the power of the kingdom within. And when he comes, I'll be happy. But when I'm here about my father's business, I can also be happy. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 3. Even so, when we were children, we were, uh, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. No, this isn't a fresh word as far as we've never heard this talk before. But as I was studying, and I just looked at this, let's look at the words in here. Verse 3, even so when we were children... We were in bondage underneath the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, okay, Isaiah was declaring from that time forward. You with me? Verse 7. From that time, when this God with us, Emmanuel is born, from that time forward, an increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. Uh, It says that upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order it, establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forevermore. Even forevermore. So this is, Isaiah is talking about a time to come. Are you with me? Galatians, Paul is talking about a time that has come. He said that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those. Uh, I'm sorry, go to the first of that verse, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, past tense, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. So he, deal, he deals with us two different ways in this passage. There were children And he said that as children, you were in bondage under the elements of the world. You were in bondage to the things of the world as as a child because you hadn't become a full age. But when Christ came, it changed everything. When Christ came, we were no longer under the taskmaster of the law. What he's talking about here is the old covenant and the new covenant. Under the old covenant, we were under the law. And it said, don't do this, don't do that, don't sit, don't do these things, don't touch this, don't... Don't, don't, don't. But under the new covenant, under the new covenant, Jesus came and he brought life. And he said, go, go, go. Why? Everything changed from that time forward. 
forevermore, everything changed. And we went from being children in bondage to being sons. Adoption here, the the word adoption is not not the same as our word adoption. We're like, we adopt an, an orphan. What this word adoption means, it literally means to be placed as a son in a position of authority. So we went from children under the elements of the world. Why does all this matter? Because a baby changed everything. A baby, Jesus, when he came, he lived this life, and he established for us principles that we can live by that says, look, you may be in the world, but you're not of the world. You can be in this system, but not oppressed by the system. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's why John 10.10, he said, The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it how? Have it more abundantly. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not that one day we get to go to heaven and live abundantly, but that we can have life right now. See, if we can understand, if we can wrap our minds around the reality that Jesus changed everything in our relationship with God, but not just that, as it changed our relationship this way, it should change our relationship this way. Because if I'm living from the fullness of Him that Ephesians says I have, if I'm living from the fullness of Him, that means His kingdom can be released with from within me to the world around me. It also means that no matter what's going on in the world around me, I can be different in that world. Just as the children of Israel, under the old covenant, they were in the land of Goshen. It was dark everywhere else. There was light in the land of Goshen. So even in the midst of dark situations, we as believers who understand that we're sons, that we're children of God, then we, if we have that understanding, we can shine like light in the midst of darkness. I mean, you can look, you can, you choose where you set your eyes. You choose where you set your eyes. You can go right here today. We took time to set our eyes on Jesus and talk about how beautiful he is, that he came, that baby boy born. We can set our eyes at and you can walk out of here, go home, cut on the TV, and fill yourself with all the darkness that's going on. You can fill your heart, you can fill your mind with all the reasons that Jesus is coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. And you can develop a mindset that he's coming to rescue me. Or you can live from this passage that says you're a son who's been placed here in a position of authority to carry light everywhere you go. And though while the, door, the, the world may be dark, we're a light. While there may be death all around, we carry life. Because of a baby. That we wouldn't be just, oh, get me to heaven. That we would be, oh God, get heaven through me to earth. That's occupying till he comes. That's him saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The gospel is the good news that Jesus changed everything, that our sin was paid for. Does that give us a right to continue in sin? Absolutely not. But what it does is it frees me from the bondage of sin. Because he said, I'm no longer under the curse of the law. I've been redeemed. 
I'm no longer under the bondage of sin. I've been redeemed. Why? Because a Savior was born. And he's placed us. He said this, verse 6 of Galatians 3, 4. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out. You know, he said here, the zeal of the Lord will perform it. as I think about that, I think about uh, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it how? By waiting on it to be handed to them. By sitting back and waiting to be rescued. No, the violent take it with what? Zeal. They take it with zeal. I'm just saying this. <sighs> it excites me to know that this life that he demonstrated lives on the inside of me. And I have the opportunity to take that life. See, here's what, I, I, I don't want us to get in a religious mindset. It doesn't mean that we go everywhere and we just become this preacher on the corner that's talking about the end is coming and you need to know Jesus. But we become this person that the life of God is so real on the inside of us that we prosper in our workplace, not for the sake of getting more money, but for the sake of that wherever light goes, it, it brings expansion. Joseph modeled that under the old covenant. He was under Potiphar's house, and he went in, and Potiphar was the better because Joseph was there. I'm just saying, do you think that we could change the environments we work in if we began to see them prospering because we're there? Absolutely. And in that, there's opportunities to share the gospel. I don't put the gospel aside. But I'm saying that there's, if, if as we set our gaze on him, not just this time of year, but as we set our gaze on him, we become like him. So in every situation, and see, what is, who is he? That's the thing I've been pondering. You know, we talk about Jesus came and, and, and uh, Ben shared this a little in Luke chapter 4. He shared this Friday night at school, the Spirit, that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for a per- because of what? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are captive. Are you with me? Luke 4, Jesus stood up in the temple, and he found the place where it was written, and he read that Jesus said, I've, I have purpose, and I have destiny. And I want you to know, everyone in this room, we have purpose and we have destiny. And when we live outside of that, that's why it's so easy. It's so easy to look for another thing to numb us so that we don't have to deal with the reality that I feel like I have no purpose. Does that make sense to anybody other than me? And that's why this year, Steve and I, talked about this. I have struggled more this year at Christmas. I love Christmas. I love this time of year, but I've struggled more this year at Christmas than ever before because the reality in my life is this, and don't get me wrong, I like nice things. I'm not anti-things. I'm not, you know, you got to be broke, busted, and disgusted so everybody can tell you love Jesus. I don't believe that's the gospel. That wasn't him. That's not him. But this dissatisfaction or not dissatisfaction, but the inability for things 
to sue, to appease me. Does that make sense to anybody? I'm, I'm rambling a lot. Let me put it this way. That I, we are blessed, my wife and I, our family, we're blessed, and I'm thankful for the things that we have that are material things. But they don't bring peace. They wear out and they break. And we live in a society because I believe, and Ben and I talked about this in detail this week, I believe that we live in this, this repetitive cycle of things because we don't know destiny, the destiny that's on our lives. We don't see ourselves with purpose. So if we don't have purpose, then we have to have things to take our eyes off of us because when we look at us and we feel that we have no purpose or no doubt, de- I'm just here till he comes to rescue me. And times are bad, so he's got to be coming soon. But I don't feel that I have a purpose in his kingdom right here, right now. He said that his kingdom is here. There will be no end to its increase and to its peace. So everywhere I go, I should be carrying two things with me, increase and peace. Everywhere I go, I should be carrying increase and peace because he said once it started, it'll never end. And if that's who I am, not what I do, then it's not a job that I have to perform. It's a life that I live from the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So as I live from that place, increase looks different in everybody's life. Increase could be that you have an area of speaking to, some, to speak into someone's life that you didn't have before. Increase could be an area that God says, I put you at this place. I've given you a divine appointment to be a blessing to someone else. And, and all I ask you to do is be obedient so that I can, I can take care of them and bless you. I, cool testimony. I was uh, at the hospital this past week with someone who had a surgery procedure. Steve Foote had surgery on his back, doing good. Continue to pray for Steve as he recovers. But we were sitting there in the hospital, and I, I just look at it as a, as a divine setup. Because I was sitting there, and I had on my preaching attire. I had on blue jeans. I had my fancy, nice tennis shoes on. I was just black tennis shoes, right? Had a pullover shirt. Uh, and uh, I was sitting there, and I was talking to three other people. And this gentleman walks up, uh, African-American guy. He walks up. He stops right there. We're in a waiting room, and this waiting room is three, two times the size of this room. He's walking through, and he stops. He said, you a pastor? I'm like, really? I said, yes, sir. He said, can I talk with you a minute? I said, absolutely. <clears throat> so we went over a few rows over, and he was talking. He said, look, I'm from here, but I live in Florida. He said, I'm trying to get back to Florida. He said, I've got everything I need for my Amtrak ticket except for $27.10. Could you help me out? I had, the day before, I had just put $40 in my wallet. And I said, absolutely. I said, let's go downstairs and get change. And we were going downstairs, and we were talking, and we got in the elevator and he said, I'm just amazed at this. I said, what's that? He said, you're white and I'm black. I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, from where, where I'm from, 
He said, there are pastors that drive their Lexuses and wear their Rolexes, and they wouldn't cross the street from me, but you're going to get me home. You're willing to give me money. And he, he hugged me and kissed me on the cheek. That was in the waiting room before we ever got up. When I said, yes, I'll help you, he hugged me and kissed me on the cheek. And I was like, that's awesome. And Bob was sitting there. He said, did he kiss you? Said, when I got back, Bob said, he kissed you? I said, he did. He kissed me right there. So we went down. I, I gave him the money. I had the opportunity to just ask, say, look, this is great. I'm glad you're going home. He was up because a friend's son was in a car wreck, was in critical condition, and he came up. And, uh, and that's his story, right? You go, well, he may have been this, he may have been that. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to me. I said, Lord, I believe this is a divine appointment. If for no one else, it was for me. Okay? So we go down. I give him the money. I ask him, and this is great. I'm glad you're going home, but I want to ask you this. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about church. You talked about pastors. I'm not talking about church. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? He said, yes, sir. You see this scar? And he had a bad scar on his face. He had one on his arm. He said, I, I was in a really bad accident because of the life that I was living. And he said, when I made it through that accident, I gave my heart to the Lord. I knew that he was the only one who could have delivered me and rescued me. And I said, praise the Lord. So I shook his hand, gave him a hug, and he went one way, and I went the other way. I went back upstairs and uh, went home the next day. I, uh, that, that, yeah, the next day, I, was, uh, I have the privilege of being the, the chaplain for the seniors here in Gibsonville. It's, the AIA, the agent in action, and uh, they meet once a month, and when they meet, I'll go, and I'll give a little 15-minute devotional, and they let me know if I run over. <laughs> I tell them they, have, they see a miracle every, every third Tuesday of the month. I speak for 15 minutes and stop, <clears throat> and uh, so they always, everybody puts in a dollar to, for, they send out cards and flowers and things like that, so I've always done that. Well, what I had in, in my uh, wallet was two fives left over from the change that I had from the day before. So I put a five in. And uh, this isn't about me. I just want you to hear the Lord, okay? This isn't about me. It had anything to do with what I was doing other than being obedient to what I felt like the Lord was saying. So the short story is this. At the end of the, this past Tuesday was the Christmas dinner, so they had it catered in and stuff like that. And they gave me a card to thank me for being their chaplain and, and for being there for them and things like that. So I took the card, and I just put it in my, uh, my iPad. And when I left, I looked in it, and guess what was in there? Seven $5 bills. $35. $35. What's that? That's exactly in, a, in about a 24-hour period what the Lord said, just give it away. And, you go. and, and I, I told Tina, I said, this exactly to the penny what I gave. coincidence, right? I don't think so. No, and I go, he said, if he who's faithful in a little, I'll make you ruler over much. So I said all that to say, in that opportunity, in the hospital, I could have went, oh Lord, here we go. I know where this is going. But I just said, Jesus, if this is an appointment you have, I just want to be light. It's just money. In America, they print it every day. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a joke. 
It's a joke. Sorry, some of you need a little relief. But we have opportunity to be light every day. And that looks different in all of us. At this time of year, we, we sing about the, the birth of Jesus and how it changed everything. And that's what he's saying. I want for us today, I want for you today, that it change everything in your life. Every situation that you walk into from here till Christmas till New Year, that you carry the life of, did you understand that you're a son? And, and that son there doesn't just mean male figures in the body. It means everyone born into the kingdom. They're seen as sons because sons were the ones who took over the father's business. When a son walked into the, the city gate, when he had been, uh, the father would take him, when he became of age, the father would take him in. He would introduce him to the businesses and things like this. He said, this is my son. He's of age. So what that meant to every one of those businesses that his father did business with is when his son walked in the room, he could conduct, conduct the affairs of his father just like the father was there. And that's what he's done for us. That's what he's done in us. And that's what he desires to do through us.
Dry 